Hey, 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 y'all. Welcome back to the Slayla Show. This is Podcast 5, Season 4, and today we are going to be talking about mental health and single motherhood. So, um, the last time I saw you guys was roughly a month or so ago. Um, I pretty much took the month of December to tie up all my loose ends for 2021 and to make sure I was in a good space to start 2022. I'm actually going back to work tomorrow. So I basically just was like, you know, doing some housekeeping things and getting my life together in various different ways. Um, But today's podcast, again, as I said, um, is just kind of talking about some of the various issues that plague the mental health of single moms and some of the mental health challenges that they face. So I actually came across this really cool article by Dr. Marika Lindholm. She is the founder of ESME, which is Empowering Solo Moms Everywhere. And she um, just published this article called Eight Mental Health Challenges That Single Moms Face. So I'm going to use that article as a basis today to essentially just talk about some of the things that I have faced as a single mom, some of the things I know other single moms have faced, and just really like how mental health plays into this institution of single motherhood as we know it. Um, There are lots and lots of children being raised by single moms just here in the United States alone. There are roughly 23 million children that are being raised by single moms. So the next time it comes across you, your mind, or somebody close to you to shit on a single mom and all the different things that they do, please reconsider because lots and lots of kids have single moms. Lots of you guys are probably raised by single moms. And, um, you know, just as a general, general, just a general way to set the tone for this season of my podcast, but especially this episode, stop shitting on single moms. They are moving mountains um, every day. The fuck alone, okay? Alone. So let's dive right into it. So the first issue this should come as no surprise to anybody. Sleep deprivation is one of the mental health challenges that single moms face. That is no surprise. Um, Moms, period, are going to experience, I think, this is just the reality of motherhood, of of having a baby, especially a newborn. Um, You are going to, unless you have like the kind of resources and money to hire extensive help like second, third shift nannies, whatever the case may be, um, you're probably going to experience a certain level of sleep deprivation as you venture into your role as a mother, especially as a single mother. Like I said, motherhood um, in the most conventional sense, like when you have a partner, a husband, a living partner, you have resources, you can hire nannies, you can hire nurses, help. It's still very hard. But all that is absolutely amplified for single mothers who are not resource rich Um, Sleep deprivation is going to be a very, very difficult um, journey for you because, um, you know, sleeping is not like getting sleep, getting adequate rest should never be considered a luxury. It is absolutely not a luxury. It is absolutely a necessity. Unfortunately, for many single moms, this is the case, Um, you know. Single moms take on a bunch of various different responsibilities. A lot of single moms I know, I know a lot of single moms that are in my PhD program with me who are getting degrees. Um, you know, just just the general day-to-day upkeep of your living quarters, your house, your apartment, whatever the case may be. A lot of single moms are taking on additional work, whether that's like with your job, like, you know, for instance, the first year and a half that my daughter was 
alive, I tutored for like two or three hours every day after school so I could make extra money so I can make ends meet in addition to also working a job with Amazon. You know, it's a lot of different stuff that single moms go through that contribute to sleep deprivation. I also came across this article um, a couple years back that perfectly explained this phenomenon that I was experiencing. Um, when I would put Celeste down to sleep, I would stay up. Whether it was for studying, whether it was, you know, to get shit around the house done, to clean up, do the dishes, sweep, mop, whatever the case is, fold some clothes. Um, or just to watch TV. And so I was like, you know, like, damn, like, I kind of felt like I was self, you know, self-sabotaging myself. I'm like, why am I staying up when I know I have to be up at six o'clock in the morning to go to work? And so literally I would sit up to like two o'clock in the morning watching Living Single, eating, cleaning, studying, doing whatever the fuck I had to do. Right. And then it like I came across this article and they were like, well, actually, this is like very common for mothers to do this. Um, because, you know, if you think about it, when your kids go to sleep at night, that's really the only time you have to yourself. Many of us work jobs where, you know, we have a certain set of requirements and obligations that are required from us in that setting. Then we come home, we got to clean, we got to cook, we got to be moms, we got to be parents, you got to help with homework, you got to, you know, potty train your kids, spend time with your kids, tummy time. All these different things go into being a mother, right? But then when you think about it, that takes up and eats away basically two-thirds of your day. The other eight hours are supposed to be for you to sleep. But if you haven't had any quiet time all day, you haven't had any time to yourself, you are more, you know, more than willing to chip into your sleep time to basically get a few hours of quiet. And that's what I figured out that I was doing. And I was like, I came across that article that was so cathartic to me because I was like, well, damn, I was like, now there's an explanation. I was like, now somebody can actually put into words what I'm experiencing in regard to not wanting to rush right to sleep, even though I'm fucking tired, I'm exhausted, my body needs it, but I also have no time to myself. This is a great segue into the second mental health challenge that single mothers face, which is inadequate self-care. Watch out, this phrase self-care is like uh, a buzz phrase now, right? Like it's everywhere, especially in the past. Like I wanna say, I've seen this phrase come up so repeatedly, probably since about 2014. So now about like the past eight years, there are all these podcasts dedicated to this, all these huge companies and school districts are, you know, forcing teachers and administrators to get trained in SEL endeavors, you know, these social emotional learning endeavors that, you know, really center self-care and center the self and how you should be responding to yourself and learning how to take care of yourself and talking to yourself, all of which is great, all of which I absolutely support, right? Um, but self-care is, you know, it's as, as buzzworthy as this phrase has, you know, become super, super, super significant, right? Everyone should be carving out time to take care of yourself because the truth of the matter is, if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't even be there for yourself, let alone for your children, you know, your career, the people in your village, the people that care about you, your your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever the case is, you cannot be there for yourself if you are not practicing adequate self-care. That is a fact. It's not debatable. Um, so how do we practice self-care? And I think that's the question that many people have been exploring ever since this phrase became really popular. And um, one thing about me, I'm going to do self-care as best I fucking can, as much as I can. So if it's time for me to take a nap, I'm going to take my ass to sleep. I'm going to sleep. Don't let me bother Time for me to take my nap, leave me the fuck alone. Um, you know, also like just 
small things like getting my hair done, getting my nails and toes done, getting my brows done, taking myself on a lunch or dinner date, just going to sit quietly somewhere where I can, you know, read a book or whatever the case may be, going on a walk, listening to music. Um, and for me, the first year, almost two years that my daughter was alive, I really struggled with practicing self-care because I was on go all the fucking time. I started my PhD program four months after she was born. I was just like on fire everywhere. Everything I had to do, I was on go all the time. Um, that's still kind of my reality now. I manage and juggle everything a lot better now, thank God. But um, self-care was not my reality those first two years that I had my daughter. Um, I also want to say that I neglected a lot of self-care practices back then and felt guilty like, I wouldn't even necessarily say I, I neglected them. I felt guilty about doing them because I was like, well, this money could go somewhere else. Because in my mind, self-care, and it can, sometimes it does, right? But not all the time. But self-care in my mind, especially back then, the only way I could really think of self-care, I was like, well, I got to spend money. And I was extremely financially insecure. So it felt irresponsible in many ways for me to engage in self-care and the only way that the only ways I really knew how to back then um spending money and doing things that I shouldn't necessarily do um so that brings me kind of to this point I want to say this to all the single moms that are still experiencing any degree or level of financial insecurity self-care does not have to cost no damn money self-care is lighting a candle laying down in the bed meditating it's, you know, it's you taking a nap, it's you watching your favorite reruns, eating you some ice cream, whatever the case may be, cooking you a meal. It doesn't have to be an, an unhealthy meal. I feel like we always self-care is like indulgent. It could be a healthy meal. It could be, you know, whatever you want it to be. Um, it could be you just literally putting on your AirPods and just going on a fucking walk around your neighborhood. Like, it does not have to cost money. And I want to be very, very clear about that. There are plenty of different ways to practice self-care that are 110% free, okay? So if you are financially insecure, don't feel like because you are lacking money right now that you can't practice self-care. Self-care in many ways um, can still be, you know, in, in a lot of ways, in the majority of ways can still be very accessible to you. So please make sure you are practicing self-care. That's a great segue to my next point about financial insecurity because that's the third mental health challenge that moms, single moms, um, are going to face. <sighs> money makes the world go round, don't it? It's really fucked up. That is the reality in a lot of different ways. Um, money is not everything, so I want to continue to say that, but it is important. It um, gives you access to a lot of things that you wouldn't otherwise have access to. Um, but again... Let's focus on the positives. It's not everything. And I was financially insecure those first almost two years I had my daughter. I've talked about that before on some of the other podcasts. Um, and shit was just rough. I was just, you know, it's, it's especially when you're not used to being broke, especially when you have a job and you're getting up every fucking I was working in Pleasant Grove, teaching in Pleasant Grove at the time. You know, I was getting up and going to work every fucking day and busting my ass like every day and still feeling like I didn't have shit to show for it for me or for my daughter outside of like, you know, our necessities. Any extra money I had went to like providing things for her, buying her clothes or buying, you know, and if I did happen to spend any money on myself, it often would put me into a bind to where I'd have to you know recover the next month or, you know, whatever the case may be. 
Um, and that is absolutely going to affect your mental and emotional health. For me personally, when I was just super, super broke, it started to chip away at my self-worth. I didn't feel like I was, you know, I didn't feel worthy of a lot of things. And um, it just, it made me feel like less of who I really am, less of who I was back then. Um, and I just want to say as a word of encouragement to any of the single moms, if you are experiencing those same feelings, do not listen to those feelings. Those feelings are false. They're inaccurate. You are worth way more than what's in your bank account, worth way more than what's in your pockets, worth way more than whatever new shoe releases, clothes, whatever shit that you want that you currently can't afford. You're worth more than that. I just want to continue to stress that to you because it can feel like when you can't do the same things as your peers, especially your childless peers, or your peers who are, you know, married and have more financial security or just have a more stable environment, it can feel like you are a failure. And that's not the case. That's not true. Um, just keep in mind that circumstances are not forever. They change all the fucking time for the better and for the worse. So just keep that in mind. They get better. They change. Keep in mind that your circumstances are going to change. I am not the same person I was when I had my daughter nearly four years ago. I am not the same person I was, you know, three years ago when I was struggling and I was trying to figure out how I was going to get everything done with school and I hated my job and all this other shit was going on and I was having all this baby daddy drama. It's not my fucking life anymore. It's not. And it feels good to say that. It feels good for that to be, our, to be my reality. And I just want to extend my very best wishes and my very best to anybody who's currently experiencing that. It does get better. God has a way of putting his hand on things and just changing things for the better for you. So continue to just, you know, push forward and just know that things are going to change and things are going to get better. Things are going to get better. You go through things, you don't stay in the thing itself, okay? Um, also about financial insecurity, um, we, because of COVID, and I'm going to say this to my mom's, um, if you are looking for ways to make money, look at all the little part-time remote jobs OS can do, because there's a lot of good money there that I have personally seen. Um, I know a lot of different people who are basically, you know, have finessed and finagled whole side hustles for themselves, but they're making significant amounts of money that they can just stash away on the side. So Make sure you're exploring your options um, in that regard so that if you do need money, you are able to get it in a way that is not requiring you to, you know, have to leave your house, whatever the case may be. Or, you know, if you have to get a job or you're working overnight after you put your child to sleep and you're, you know, doing some remote work at night, at least you're still in the house with your kid. You know what I'm saying? At least you're still at home. You can do that a couple nights a week. You're going to be tired. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, not be realistic about the shit, but it will be some extra money in your pocket. And that extra money, oftentimes, um, in my experience, can help you go the extra miles that you need to go for sure. All right. Number four. So the fourth mental health challenge that many single moms face, ongoing conflict with an ex, um, you know. Divorce separation are really hard. Um, it can absolutely erode your single health. You know, a lot of the times I see a lot of single moms, and this was especially my experience where you were experiencing manipulation and bullying, you know, withholding child support. Um, definitely have experienced that. Um, violating various court arrangements and agreements. Um, all that is very real for single moms. 
you know, we don't talk about that enough. Um, women are often just given the short stick anyways in society, no matter how you flip it, how you want to look at it. But um, single moms are especially attacked and shitted on for a number of reasons. But um, just keep in mind that you don't need to feel bad personally about yourself because the other person is saying that, you know, their God-given duty to be a parent, they're not upholding that responsibility. They're not upholding what they're supposed to be doing. That doesn't have shit to do with you. That does not determine your worth or your your worth as a parent, your worth as a, as, a, as a mother or a woman. You can't control the next person. So all you can do is just continue to do the very best that you can. If someone is threatening your safety, document everything. Get a protective order if you can. Reach out to those around you. Um, make sure that you know people know what the situation is. So if anything happens, something serious or dangerous or harmful happens to you, that you can make sure that you're putting that information out there so that others can reach you, that they can offer a helping hand to you. Um, I probably will not dedicate a podcast to this because I've talked about it a lot. Um, and I don't feel like talking about it. I don't want to, I don't, I'm tired of talking about that shit and dedicating my platform, uh, my growing platform to that. But if somebody is fucking with you, there are ways to make that stop. You only need to ask. Um, when I make this podcast public, you can message me, you can email me, you can send me a text. There are ways to get that shit to stop. So just make sure that um, as much as you are, that you aren't engaging in any conflict, that you aren't engaging or, you know, let that shit die and move on because chances are, um, you know, everything happens in a way that um, it works out typically for your best interests. So just make sure that you are documenting everything and then you know, take that ass to court. That's what you should do. That's, I, I, 10 out of 10, recommend that. Um, number five, the next mental health challenge that single mothers experience is weak support networks. I can speak to this myself. Um, so up until recently, I have had, I, I haven't had a weak support network. Um, I've always had my mom, even though she has, she's, you know, suffered from chronic illness for my entire life. My mom has always been there for me. Um, and even now she still wants to be there for me. She just can't really, because right now she's just, you know, going through the motions of recovering and getting better. Um, my sister, as much as I've needed her, she has been helpful as much as she possibly can. In addition to juggling, you know, her responsibilities as a wife and a mother. Um... You know, what do I want to say about that? Um, the truth of the matter is a lot of single moms are just out here doing this shit alone. Um, in every sense of the word alone, financially alone, physically, emotionally, mentally alone. Um, that's my reality now. Um, I don't really have a whole huge support network. At least it feels like I have people, friends reach out to me a lot um, with offers to, you know, watch my daughter, whatever the case may be. Um, 
support networks. If you have a single mom and you are inclined to want to be around children or like children, get your friend on main and take that child so she can take a fucking nap or she can clean her house or she can do whatever she needs to do. Um, Cause it gets, it gets really, 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 really rough. It gets rough. It gets, you know, in those moments of exhaustion, of extreme exhaustion, you really do feel like you're alone, even if that is not the case. And that's, I think, what I really want to illuminate here when I talk about how those weak support networks are absolutely a mental health challenge. Because I think one of the most jarring things that I felt and noticed about becoming a new mom was how lonely it was. None of my close friends, aside from maybe a few of them, like maybe two of them have kids. None of them, none of them can actually in any real capacity understand what my day-to-day life um, is like, what my thought process is every day when I drop my daughter off or I'm on my way to work or, you know, even when I'm out enjoying my leisure time, like everything ties back to me being a mom and having to be there for my child. Like I have to be in tip-top condition to make sure that I'm there to support her and be there for her and whatever ways that she needs me to be. I got to make sure I'm healthy. I got to make sure I'm financially secure. I got to make sure, you know, I'm carving out space for myself so I can be the best person that she needs. I have to make sure I am, you know, gauging all the different opportunities and different things I want her to become. It's a lot. Um, And those feelings compound to sometimes make you really feel like you're, you know, completely the fuck alone. Even if that's not necessarily the case. Um, You know, it's, that disconnection is a motherfucker and it can really weigh on you in a lot of different ways. Um, and I'm still in that space where I'm carving out space and making friends who respect my role as a mother and respect that, hey, I'm a mom. Like, I have a kid. Like, I can't be out here blown in the fucking wind like I have real life responsibilities and it's not to chip away from those who are childless who also have real life responsibilities but um having a child is is different in many ways it's very different it requires a lot from you (sighs) brings me to my next point let's move on number six I uh this this mental health challenge is having a child or children with special needs um, I can't really speak a lot to this. I don't have a child with special needs. Um, I do know a mom who does have a child with special needs. And again, the more that you talk about these intersections and talk about these various points of identity, it just gets harder. Like the medical burden, um, like bills and having to carve out time to go to doctor's appointments. And, you know, but women are often already overlooked in many ways in the workplace for, you know, raises and promotions and all that. And that only becomes amplified in many ways when you are discussing single mothers, especially single mothers who have children with special needs, who absolutely have to take that time off to go to the doctor. And, you know, it's not a, it's not an option. It's not, well, can you get somebody? No, like there is nobody else. Like I have to go do that. I have to be the one. And my heart really goes out to them, and just talking about this makes me kind of emotional, so I will be making it a point to explore ways in which I, a single mom, can be there for single moms who do have children with special needs, because it's a lot. All right. 
Number seven. Woo, Chad. Number seven. History of abuse is another mental health challenge that uh, single moms face. Um, I mean, domestic violence and abuse are at all time an all time high. Even though I feel like, for the most part, we are drifting towards a more a more woke society, a society that does not tolerate these things. That shit still happens. It's still very common. It is still very much there. You know, the old adage: oppression doesn't go away. It just you know evolves, transforms, invents itself into new different things. I think that's definitely true here. Um, you know. Even after, and I can speak to this personally, even after a woman decides to leave an abusive situation, especially a single mom, that shit, that trauma, it lingers. Um, it disrupted my sleep pattern for a whole year um, after I got out of the situation that I was in. Um, it increased the level of paranoia that I experienced. It just really did a number on me. It did, it did things to me that I can't even articulate, that I may not even realize it did to me until maybe years later. But um, I know that's the reality for a lot of women who leave abusive situations, especially single mothers. Um, you know, post, you know, PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome or disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder is very real when you experience traumatic life events. And I know a lot of people who are struggling in dealing with that and trying to get themselves together so they can be the best versions of themselves and be the best versions of themselves for their children. Ha, <sighs> you know, when you, and in those feelings, like those weeks, of, I want to go back to number five, when you are in the throes of really feeling like you have a weak support system, it is easy to fall back into abusive situations, which is why I don't ever judge women who relapse. I want, if you relapse, I understand. I do still want you to get the fuck up out of there before the shit turns really bad. But also, um, you know, when you are in a situation where you don't have any, you feel like you don't have any support, it is easy to fall, especially when your abuser is there offering you help and offering you those things that you really feel like you need in that moment. It is extremely easy to fall back into those situations and to fall back into situations where you feel like well, this is the only person that's going to help me. And, you know, the way that abusive people are, they don't ever come back talking shit. They come back nice. They come back acting right. They come back correct. They come back, you know, for the time being. For the time being. And then that ugly head rears itself again, and they are the same version or a worse version of the person that you had to leave in the first place. That is the reality. If you have left an abusive situation as much as you can do not go back to that shit take it from me take it from women all over the world who have said the same thing take it from women who we no longer can even talk to because their abusers murdered them please 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 help if you ask you know help is there for those who ask um in the great words of albus dumbledore and the great words of like get on your knees and pray god will He'll take whatever you're lacking and he will replace it with something better, replace it with something that's more fitting for your life, replace it with something that is healthier for you and your child, replace it with something that's more long lasting. So please, no matter what, um, as much as you can, do not re-enter an abusive situation. I don't care what they're offering, if whether it be, I know, I know, and I, I know how hard it is to sometimes not do that. I understand. Like, I truly, truly, truly understand how hard it is not to do that. But as much as you can, just stay out of situations like that because it's not, it typically, statistically, and just generally speaking, it's not going to end well for you. 
God, God, you know, God forbid it couldn't, you know, could potentially not end well for your child, your children. They see all of this. They experience all this energy. They understand. They really do. They understand and they don't need to be around that type of stuff either. All right. Stigma and judgment. This is the last one. Stigma and judgment. Ooh, ciao. All right. Lots of stereotypes about single moms. Lots and lots of stereotypes about single moms. Uh, lots of stigma surrounding single moms. Single moms get shit on. Like, women get shit on, period. Like, you know, like it's like a, it's a spectrum, right? So, like, the more that you, the more various parts of your identity that belong to marginalized groups of society, the essentially the more that you're basically getting shooted on and that is the truth um you know it's like it's fucked up because how are you getting shitted on and you're the you're the parent that stayed and actually did what you were supposed to do i have never understood that i have never understood people's obsession with wanting to blame especially the obsession that um i see a lot of these masculine studies and that like men studies people single moms are they're emasculate especially with black men they're emasculating the black male and you know she can't raise a woman can't raise a man and you know it's a lot of like weird shit that people are saying all of it boils down to you essentially saying that single moms aren't shit essentially saying that and the saying that the children that are that are raised in these households are somehow deficient and that is um something that i push against i was raised by a single mom and i turned out fine I, because of, I, because I had a single mom, um, I knew how to stand up for myself. I knew how to get myself out of situations. I knew I deserved better and I shouldn't even fucking be in. And I know ultimately what it's going to take for me to raise my child and make sure she turns out and turns into a quality human being that can stand on her own two feet. Um, there, and I'm going to talk about this. I'm actually going by the next podcast I'm going to do as we're venturing closer to Valentine's Day is going to be about single motherhood and dating. And I think there I'm going to really dive into all the different stereotypes and stigmas that exist against single moms. Um, but, you know, I think for me, I take a lot of that shit personally because a lot of the different things that people say about single moms is not true for me. I'm not uneducated. I'm not broke. I'm not ugly. I am not, you know, this is a bunch of different shit. Like it just doesn't apply to me. But also I don't like how that shit's leveraged against other single moms. Like, stop. Like right is right and wrong is wrong. Like y'all are out here literally being fucking hateful for no reason to single moms. And I just don't understand it. It's already hard enough. Like the lives that single moms live, raising a child alone, raising children alone, it's already extremely hard without society at every given turn whispering in your ear that you're worthless or that you're not shit. So if you see a single mom, know a single mom, cash out my good sister money, hire her a housekeeper and offer to watch them kids so she can take a fucking nap. Um, those are eight. And this is not, you know, an exclusive list of all the different mental health. There are plenty of other things that single mothers face. And these issues in and of themselves, the eight that I enumerated here are very broad issues. I could literally take each one of these issues and talk and make it to an entire different podcast um, and just talk about. I have, and this is just me talking shit because I'm not doing this to myself, but I have actually considered changing my dissertation topic and doing an autoethnography about my experiences as a single mom and as a caretaker and, you know, all of this during the COVID-19 pandemic because when things get hard in society, 
what I want you guys to take from me as a, as a scholar of stratification, when things get hard in society, they get extremely fucking hard. They get unbearable for the most marginalized people living within that society. So if that's a takeaway, if you don't take anything else away from the work that I am doing on this podcast, please take that away. So I am going to leave you with that and I am going to see you guys in a few weeks and we are going to talk about single mothers and we are going to talk about dating because that's a whole podcast that I don't think you're going to want to miss. Y'all take care, be safe, please get vaccinated, get your booster shot, all that shit. Take care. Bye-bye.